You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Pru. Andre Pru, we're going to be talking about one of your favorite subjects tonight, and it's not Chardonnay. Well, kind it's of. sort of Chardonnay. It is sort of Chardonnay, but not, not all Chardonnay. No, not all Chardonnay. We are talking champagne, and not just champagne, my favorite kind of champagne, cheap champagne. Hold on. Yep. What? I know we always have a problem with the word cheap. Yes. I think, as my mother used to say, don't call it cheap, call it inexpensive. Ooh, that makes it sound even classier. Yeah. And yep. uh, we are... And, we, are... And we have somebody on the line. Yes. Uh, to talk cheap, cha- uh, inexpensive champagne. <laughs> Accessible champagne. Accessible Ooh, I like champagne. That That's even, even better. better, too. Yeah, yeah. We've got uh, Alex uh, Patinois from Dionysus. Patinos. Patinos. You, you turned me French, which is okay. Okay. I'm so sorry. It's... Uh, Geez, it's Jim Richards I work with at News Talk 1010 who usually butchers people's name. I'm usually better than that. Wow. Well, Andre has that Frenchness about him. He wants everybody to be French. <laughs> that or from Saskatchewan. You I just assumed it was a typo. Uh, yeah, you know what I say. So our company is uh, Dionysus Wines, and I don't care how you pronounce it as long as you buy our products. <laughs> <laughs> well, um,. The reason we're talking to you and talking inexpensive champagne is with uh, one of the products that um, your agency carries and sells, and I know that it's a big fan. Uh, it's a big hit with a lot of the sommeliers in the city as well, partly because of the price, but also because of the quality. Um, let's make sure I don't butcher this name, but it's French. I'll get it. The Nicolas Fayette um, champagne. Uh, you you got that correct, and and we're excited to be uh, their agents. We just started with them uh, about four months ago. Yeah. Oh wow. Uh, and it's already been actually a very successful partnership. Uh, we've been able to grow their sales um, over the same period last year by thirty percent, which is why we were recently had a short little out of stock at the LCBO. Oh wow. Uh, but uh, glad glad to say we're fully back in stock for the holiday season. Perfect. Well, and I mean, the, that, and the one we're talking about uh, is the Reserve Exclusive Brut. Correct, and that's what we have uh, readily available on the LCBO Generalist uh, for everyday enjoyment. And as and as I said to Andre, there is some Chardonnay, but it is not the predominant. No, bad, I've got I the, see, I I the breakdown Jim here. It's, it's twenty Chardonnay, forty Pinot Noir, and forty uh, Pinot Meunier. Yeah, correct. So it's it's a, a typical champagne blend of the 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 grapes that go into the base wine. So yeah. Alex, tell us a little bit about the company. Yeah, let's start there. Sure, and and I think I think the the kind of one of the most important things about Nicolas Fouillat is that it is a group of growers. Um, so it is essentially what we call a, a cooperative and. You know, certainly wines are made in the vineyard and having the resources of, you know, that number, uh, it's about 4,500 committed and passionate wine growers that are all members and shareholders of the company. So, you know, wine, you know, you can only make, you, you can only make good wine from good grapes and good vineyards. Um, you, you can make bad wine from good wine and good grapes, but you can't make good wine from bad grapes. So having a fantastic source of vineyards and growers is, 
you know, I think one of the, the real key reasons that Nicolas Fouillac can make wine of the quality they make at that accessible price point. And, you know, one of the exciting things for us is um, in Ontario, and I can talk to the Ontario statistics a little more, uh, in most countries in the world, uh, Belgium, the UK, France, 10% of total wine consumption approximately is sparkling wine. In Ontario, only 3% is sparkling wine. And wow. it's just, uh, maybe we're not as happy, we don't celebrate as much, uh, could be some climate related. But well, I mean, there's, there's, one, thing know, jokingly, just, there's yeah. one thing that you sort of touched on there, though, as you said, not celebrating as much. And I know it's something Michael and I, we've talked about a lot on this podcast is buying these bottles of, of, of bubbly and I understand that uh, even at, at the accessible price point, and we haven't said what the price of this bottle is. It's, I believe, forty nine ninety five. Did I get that right? Exactly right. Correct. I mean, even at forty. I like saying under fifty. It sounds yeah. better. Well, yeah, but I mean that's it. But even under fifty dollars for a lot of people, it is like a celebration price point. I think we're getting people, especially people my age, willing to spend a little bit more on a bottle a bottle of uh, wine, especially sparkling wine, um, but. Even if you are picking up champagne for your um, for your your celebrations and your special occasions, there are a lot of other options available to pick up bubbly, and we should be drinking more bubbly in general. But I'm going to return to our regular scheduled program of talking about this great bottle of champagne. Well, I should sure. I should also mention that I'm trying to do my part. We are recording this on a Friday, and I have sparkling wine Friday waiting for me in the living room. I have I, that every absolutely. Friday. I hope you do too, Alex. Uh, we we actually opened a bottle of sparkling wine already today in the office. Nice. See? He's doing his part. Andre, what are you opening tonight? Well, it's the Friday of the Nouveau week, so I am drinking Nouveau tonight. But are you, I, spar- are you sparkling that Nouveau? Oh, I can mix some tonic water in with it. It might make some of them taste better this year. <laughs> That's not exactly what Alex is talking about. <laughs> no, no. But yeah, the, you know, and, and one of the reasons here, I think it's an education thing with the, the, you know, consumers and acceptance thing that really champagne is a fantastic food wine. It is yep. a fantastic, maybe not every night, but certainly we should be opening more champagne to just celebrate the fact it's Friday. Um, and, you know, I and you know, there's some fear that if you open a bottle it you know the bubbles will dissipate it won't keep you know the often there's value ads on lcbo shelves where you can buy a bottle of sparkling that has a little closure thing it definitely will keep well but yeah i mean recognizing that champagne is such a wonderful food match with certain types of food um and we need to do a better job of communicating the versatility of uh, champagne and sparkling wine in general and kind of the food matching capabilities. Well, and I know that, um, like you said, you said some foods when you were making the point, but um, I think that just in in general, people understate the versatility of champagne. And I understand when you're going out to eat and you're going to uh, a fancy restaurant, you're expecting the wine and the food to be spot on. But one of my favorite pairings to do at home is steak and champagne. And I've actually done that pairing with Mike and Jeff, the, the sparkling winos, and even I have them converted to that match. And that's something a lot of people don't necessarily think of as a primo champagne pairing. I would, I would that's a- also think that would go well together, Andre, because of uh, the acidity in champagne just to begin with. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a new one for me, and I, I will certainly try it because I'm curious now. <laughs> 
you've got to do it basted in butter and um, also with uh, blue cheese on top. Yep, that one okay. works. Even, even just getting like a, a, a fattier cut, like a rib steak or uh, like even a, a well-marbled strip loin, just salt and pepper, because you get that that um, richer texture from the meat. And when it meets the crisp acidity from the sparkling, it just makes both of the, the dishes pop. Yeah, and, and that's exactly what I was talking about, is finding those amazing food matches where the champagne will enhance you know, the food and just, just bring out those elements. And yeah, a lot of people normally think of matching a wine that's the same kind of weight as the food and sometimes going with something that that'll, will actually enhance and, and brings out the nuances is, is maybe a, a, as good or a better match. So Alex, I need you to um, uh, help us with a debate we're having. Oh boy. And uh, I, I want to know, since you've opened a bottle of sparkling wine or one or two in your life, and especially champagne. Uh, what kind of glass are you using when you drink uh, champagne? I I would I, I use a regular wine glass. I Ooh. I much prefer. Yep. So sorry, I, I disappointed somebody there. Oh. Yeah, you disappointed Michael. Uh, so you're you're backing up Olivier Krug of uh, that champagne house in your choice of, of wine glasses. And when I had a chance to enjoy a bottle of the um, Fayat that I opened up this week, I served it in a regular wine glass. And I was very busy, so I didn't guzzle it the way I normally would, although this wine is very, very easy drinking. And it was still bubbling away 90 minutes after it was in my glass, just sitting there. You know yep. what? I, I poured mine in a, in a flute, and I was just as happy, uh, probably more so. So I and I think you know the, this debate is exactly what I tell consumers and what I learned on my first wine trip, okay. which is there are no rules. Is enjoy wine however you prefer to enjoy it. Um, everyone's palate is different. Everyone's preferences are different. I I I, I really have gotten to the point where. I, I'm not finicky about the rules. If someone offers me a nice glass of wine, I'm not too concerned if it's a little too warm, a little too cold, if it's the type of glass I like or don't like. I'm just happy to have a really good glass of wine in front of me. And, you know, that, I think that goes back to the kind of the point I was making to start is, you know, maybe we, you know, wine culture is still growing here in Ontario. Um, and sometimes these people get intimidated by the rules and maybe they won't open a bottle of wine or a bottle of champagne because, well, I, I don't know where my flutes are and I don't have the proper stem well, stemware. No, forget it. You know, regular everyday wine glass. My preference, though, is the regular glass because I find the wine, the aromas open up better um, uh, in, in, a, in a larger glass as opposed to the, the constraints of, of a, a typical champagne flute. Is there nothing else for you I'm to gouging my eyes out here, Andre. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, I, I think I'd just like to go back to, to kind of hit on a point with um, with the, the price point and the quality of the wine itself, though. Because I, I think one thing, um, when you're talking about a consumer and you walk into the LCBO and it can be a little overwhelming, is you assume that maybe the cheapest, the cheapest or most inexpensive bottle of wine isn't necessarily the best. But it's kind of one of the, the cool things about champagne in general is if it does say champagne on the bottle, uh, it's set to a pretty high standard in terms of, of quality. So even if you're picking up one of the more inexpensive bottles, you're still getting one of the top tiers of wine in terms of quality, especially for sparkling. 
Um, absolutely. Um, and, and I mean, it goes goes with any product, not just wine. It's often you you find that uh, the brand that you know brings the quality and consistency that you're looking for and and even with consumers i mean that there's there's many good brands that fit different occasions um and but yeah absolutely price is not necessarily an indication of quality so back to nicholas is there other wines that are going to be coming out through the course of the year that we should be looking for well um not in the next few months um Again, we've only been the agent for Nicholas Fouillat for about four months. So we do have some plans going forward. Uh, one of their, their top expressions is their Palme d'Or, uh, which comes in an absolutely gorgeous bottle. Uh, and it is a, a very selected, special cuvee. Uh, it's about $100 a bottle. That wine normally comes in every holidays. It unfortunately is not coming in this year. So, But that's one you normally do see coming in through vintages every year. Uh, their Brut Reserve Rosé is also one that typically uh, you see coming through on a regular basis. And the other one is their Vintage Brut, which there may be a few bottles still kicking around in vintages. It was just fifty nine ninety five uh, for a vintage brewed wine. Uh, oh. That one we've actually just uh, presented to the LCBO, so hopefully we'll see it next summer. Cool. Summer's always a good time for Well, there's always – I mean, when we got the email uh, offering us an opportunity to speak with you, it said it's always a good time for champagne, and that's definitely a sentiment that I agree with. I can't argue with it either. I'm, I'm uh, waiting to have mine. Alex is already a bottle ahead of us. Definitely. I didn't drink the whole bottle myself. I did say shared it with the office. Well, that makes oh, you nicer than right. Michael, who only shares when he has to. Exactly. Why, All right. Why, why, would you, why would you not? Well, Alex, I want to thank you very much for giving us the, the time. And uh, if people are listening to this, make sure you head to the LCBO and you don't need to spend a lot of money to get a great bottle of champagne for your entertaining. Uh, $49.95 for the Nicholas Fayette uh, reserve exclusive brute. Or just open it up on a Friday. Never do that. That's fine, too. It's also good on a Monday. <laughs> or a Wednesday. <laughs> okay, thanks, Alex. Well, guys, thanks for too. having me on. So, Michael, I'm not sure if we're keeping score, but in the great flute debate, it looks like uh, I'm starting to pull ahead. Yeah, it's unfortunate that all of you people are wrong, but, uh, you know, what? everybody's got a reason to be and everybody's got a reason to be wrong uh you know what though when he sort of backed up his point at the end there there's a part of me that wants to be like uh, that alex gave us sort of a political answer you know serve it and whatever serve it however but i know you and i have both had a chance to travel extensively over the course of our career and we've been served some very good wines in some very what may, we would probably consider questionable glasses but if yeah. you're with a group of friends and all you've got handy are your Ikea juice glasses. Have at it. You're going to enjoy that bottle of wine exactly the amount you're supposed to if that's what you have available to you. Yeah, I would, I would agree with him that, that um, you know, if it's a good bottle of wine, it's going to show. Uh, but a good bottle of wine will show better in some glasses. Um, and, you know, I, 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 I am kind of a, a wine glass snob i travel with my own wine glasses but uh i have been known to crack open a juice glass or two 
in a hotel room just to to drink a bottle of wine. Well, there you go. Um, I guess we're getting close to the holidays. I don't know how many of these we got left until uh, the end of the year, but we're certainly going to keep plugging away at it. Yeah, you know, we're going to take a couple of weeks off uh, over uh, Christmas and New Year's, but uh, uh, I know we're going to keep drinking. You know, we're, we've got a podcast coming up that I'm really excited to record where we're, I think we're going to finally sit down with uh, one of our favorite wine people and do uh, fried chicken paired with one of my favorite wines. We won't want to give too much of that away, but if you go to underwinerview.ca, you can check that out. And uh, but that, and you're gonna are you gonna make the fried chicken? Or are we gonna go? Uh, we're gonna do a fried chicken off with uh, uh, KFC and Popeyes. Uh, you know what? That's a really tough thing. I, I think we may just laze out and do the uh, do the fried chicken from Popeyes and KFC just to uh, just to keep things simple. But I guess you know what? You'll just have to stay tuned. Fried chicken. Fried chicken. You can subscribe to this podcast, leave a review. We'd love to hear what you think. Uh, you can definitely reach out to Michael and I at any time if you got ideas for what you would like to hear on this podcast. I'm Andre Pru from underwinereview.ca. I'm Michael Pingus from michaelpinguswinereview.com. And you know what? It's Sparkling Wine Friday in my neck of the woods. Time to open something. So I'm going to say good night. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes.